In this episode, we'll be continuing our look into Rails 3, and specifically Bundler. This is the new way for managing gem dependencies in your application. So let's take a look. Now, Bundler is changing rather quickly, so we can make sure we have the latest version using gem install Bundler. Now, just a little note here, we're not doing sudo gem install because remember we're using RVM, which does not require us to do sudo gem install. We're just doing gem install. Now remember in the previous episode when I tried to start up our Rails 3 application and it complained about the SQLite 3 gem was missing. So the way I resolved that in that episode was gem install uh, SQLite 3 Ruby. But really we could also do this through Bundler because SQLite 3 Ruby was is a Bundler dependency uh, for our application. So to do that you just run bundle install and that will go through our application gem dependencies and install all of them through Bundler. And would you take a look at that? SQLite 3 Ruby is mentioned here and it would install it from GemCutter if it wasn't already installed in our system. So this would do the job for us as well. Basically, when in doubt, always run bundle install. You should do this whenever you create a new Rails application or clone someone else's application. This way you ensure that you always have the proper gems installed. You should also do this when you're deploying. So when you deploy it, your application, just run bundle install there as well. And I recommend adding this to your deployment recipe so it always runs whenever you deploy your application. However, one important note, never run sudo bundle install. Don't do that. Just always simple bundle install, even if you normally sudo when installing gems. Okay, so now that we know how to manage our gems, how do we install and add new gem dependencies into our application? Well, let's take a look. Now, in earlier versions of Rails, you would manage gem dependencies in your environment config file, but here you wanna do this inside the gem file in Rails 3. So as you can see, there are a couple of gems already listed here. One is Rails, so the current version that's used is 3.0 beta, but you can just change this version to whichever version you want to use in your application. So when you're upgrading Rails, just change the version here instead of inside of your environment config file like you would before. And we also have SQLite 3 Ruby mentioned here as a dependency so that when we use bundle install, it'll install that gem here as well. And we can easily list additional gems that we want to use in our application here as well. So let's say uh, we want to use will paginate in our application, just list that here. And we can optionally supply a second argument, which is the version to use that it depends on. So we could say 2.3.12, um, or we could say greater or equal to that specific version. That works too. So we can also supply some additional options to this, such as require. But here I don't have to because the name of the gem is the lib file that we need to require as well. Now, as you probably guessed, we can get that gem with bundle install. But before I do that, let me show you another command called bundle check. And this will list all the files or gems that we are depending on that we don't have installed. So then we could just run bundle install to get all the gems that we need. And as you can see, it installed will paginate 2.3.12 from gem cutter, so that worked perfect. And now you can see if we run bundle check, we're all good, all the gem dependencies are satisfied. Now if you run bundle help, you can see all the different commands that Bundler accepts, so you can kind of play around with these on your own if I don't cover them here. Now let's take a look back at our gem file and see what other things we can do here. 
So this is really cool right here. You can see that if we wanted to live on the edge and just get the latest revision of the Rails itself, we can simply point it to a specific Git repository. So this is really powerful because let's say a gem doesn't quite work the way you want it to, you can easily fork the project on GitHub, adjust the gem, and then just point your gem dependency to that specific version in your Git repository, and that way it'll use that uh, GitHub checkout instead of using the gem install. Works really nice. Another thing it shows here is how to specify gems for certain environments. So as you can see, you supply a group option in the name of the environment when you want that to be specific for that environment. So, you know, just require RSpec for the test environment, or you can also supply a block, a group block, and that will, every gem included in here, will only be used in the test environment. And then when you run bundle install, it will install all the gems for all groups and environments. And as you can see, WebRat was installed here. Now, if you want to run bundle install and not include certain environments, you can do without, and then let's say without test, and that way it'll install all the other gems. Now, you probably want to do this in production, for example, so that you aren't installing everything in your tests that you don't need in production. Now, another command I want to show you is called bundle lock. And what this does is it locks down all the specific versions of every single gem that you are using in your project. And if we take a look at our project, we can see a new file was added called gemfile.lock. And this just lists all the gems that are installed for application along with the specific versions used. And this way, whenever we do bundle install, it will only use the versions mentioned here and no others even if updates are available. Now the question is, when would you want to use bundle lock? Well, I recommend using it whenever your project is being used in other locations. So this means if you're working with other Rails developers on the same project, make sure to use bundle lock so that you're always working with the same version of gems. And the same goes for deployment when you're in production. When you're deploying your application, your application is going on a separate server. You want to make sure all the same versions of the gems are installed. So use bundle lock there as well. So this means that whenever you do bundle install, even if updated versions of the gems are available, it will still only use the ones specified when you uh, run, ran bundle lock to begin with. Now you should never modify this gemfile.lock file directly. Instead, you should still work off of your primary gem file and change and add gems here if you want to. However, that means when you do run bundle install, you're not going to see those changes because your gem file is locked. So you need to pass and relock as an option, and that way it will first unlock the gem file, upgrade to the latest version of whatever you specified there, and then relock it. So that's kind of a way to update your gems. So that pretty much covers the generic workflow of using Bundler, and I think that'll do most of what you need to do when you're working with gem dependencies. However, you may be wondering a few things. First of all, where are these gems installed? Well, if you take a look at your home directory inside of the bundle directory dot bundle, you can see they are installed here. This is where Bundler installs them by default. So this means the gems are not bundled directly inside of your application and aren't included in your project's version control. So if you want to bundle the gems actually inside of your application's repository, what you can run is bundle pack. And this will actually generate the .gem files inside of a new directory. So if we take a look at vendor cache directory 
you can see that all of our .gem files are located there, so this way all these are gems are bundled inside of our applications repository. So what this means is that the gems will be installed directly from these .gem files instead of from, you know, fetching them from GemCutter. Now, I don't think this will be a thing you'll need to do very frequently, but if you are in a situation where your production server, you don't want it to connect to GemCutter to download the gems directly, well, this might be a good way to go so they are bundled within your application itself. Well, that pretty much wraps up this episode on Bundler. I hope it gave you a good idea on how to use Bundler inside your workflow. It might take some getting used to, but I think in the long run, it'll really save you from some headaches you may have had dealing with gem dependencies in the past. I want to finish up this episode by encouraging you to visit railsplugins.org because you're probably wondering which plugins and gems will work with Rails 3. And here's a place to find out. So you just browse plugins, and here's a nice list of plugins and gems used in Rails, and a little status notice saying if it works in Rails 3 or Ruby 1.9 or not, and so on. So it's a great way to check if gems are working, and if they aren't, maybe you can add a little issue and help them fix it. And if it is, um, you know, just check and make sure that it is working for you and report your feedback here. And this way you can kind of get involved and check certain gems which aren't listed here and just see if they work for you.